You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It is, in case you weren't keeping track, the 13th of December, 2018. 12 more, well, actually probably 11 more shopping days for Christmas. It's probably too late to get it through the mail. Uh, This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davis from Beatsong Internet Marketing. Um, How you doing, Dave? I am doing fantastic. How about you, Jim? Good, and I'm I'm glad I can hear you. That's excellent. Um, (laughs) You know what? I thought it was the 15th today. I totally lost track of the, the you know you know the, 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 I usually keep track of the day of the week. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, the date of the month, like you know, like come on, I work from home. Like it's not like I have to actually go anywhere. Um, so again, for those those who aren't keeping track, like me, it's the thirteenth of December, which just still <laughs> kind of blows my mind. Um, you know, no, it it, 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 it's 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 funny, and I think part of the problem, and I'll bet everybody in our in our listening audience can can feel your pain, Jim, because a lot of us are entrepreneurs, and it's like, I think a lot of people measure the Monday to Friday because you know Saturday and Sunday are different. <laughs> you can do a different thing, but yeah, let's let's yeah, we're entrepreneurs, uh, we're we're business owners. Uh, Saturday and Sunday just look like slightly quieter versions of Monday through Friday and that I tend to work just as hard. I, the phone just doesn't ring. <laughs> like, so, so I think that's where the confusion comes from. I think everybody, everybody has done it. I know I was off by a week on dates uh, just a couple weeks ago. I knew sort of when in time I was, but, but my understanding of, of the date was actually that far off. So, I, I feel your pain, and if, you know when you work every day, that's that's going to happen until like uh, the holidays. Well, the holidays cometh. As of I don't know, I don't know what your shop looks like, but um, I have maybe two or three hours of work to do tomorrow, and then that's it. I'm done until uh, I don't know until I decide to come back, probably uh, sometime after New Year's. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at a whiteboard with the things I need to get done between now and the holidays. No, 
Um, <laughs> but uh, but that is uh, that is fantastic, and I hope that you have a great uh, a great couple weeks off. Oh, I um, need need it so badly. But for the for the radio listening audience out there, we will be here next Thursday on the twentieth. Um, we will probably not be here on the twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. But you know who's going to be here in a, in about uh, twelve to uh, fifteen minutes. Who's that, Jim? You, you should know, given you, you booked her. But yeah. um, <laughs> we got from Apogee from Apogee Search down in Austin, Texas. We have Michelle Stinson Ross, uh, social media maven, and uh, well, um, if you ask the folks at Digital Summit, all around speaker diva. Sounds about right. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love Michelle. I can't wait to have her on the show. Um, I have a ton of stuff to ask her. Her ideas on uh, social media and Facebook and, and whatever. But in the meantime, stuff happened this week. Again. Uh, let's see. <laughs> we had um, the CEO of Google, um, Zendar Pashai, uh, uh, testifying in front of Congress, and um, that was kind of embarrassing, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I'll let you take this. It's just fun. It's been 25 years. 25 years. I mean, like, you know, a lot of people listening aren't even 25 years old yet. But the internet, the commercial internet, has been around in our lives, in our living rooms, at our fingertips for over 25 years. And for God's sake, if you're running the business of a nation state, especially the most important economy on the, on the, on the face of the planet, and you don't understand how the internet works, you have no business running the business of the nation. <laughs> um, I'm serious. Like, Dave, what is wrong with these people? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Many of them are university educated. What's the matter with these people? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I want to just say maybe they got, uh, you know, their way paid into university rather than merit. Uh, and, and then I don't know. Like, I, I which I don't think is the case. I think some of these people are... are are, are intelligent. What I blame, and, and you know, I, I and I think it's fair to do it is, I don't blame them for not knowing. What I blame them for <laughs> is stepping up and into a, a position of authority over something they don't know. Right? Like I know I have many clients who are far more intelligent than I am, just in pure intelligence, who know nothing about what I do. I don't blame them for that. They're doctors, right? Or whatever, right? Like they're doing whatever it is they do in, in their business. That's fine. But they don't step up and try and, you know, pass laws or, or, or ask questions of any intelligent nature. Um, you know, past how much money are you making me? Right? Like, great. That's, that's all they care about. <laughs> and then I think that's where the problem comes in. I don't blame them for not understanding what I blame them for is being, uh, is, and it's actually more systemic. I blame the system for putting them in a position of authority to make judgment calls over something they know nothing about and nor should they, but whoever is making the judgment calls and laws certainly should. Okay. So we're talking about again, um, Google CEO uh, Sundar Pichai's testimony in front of Congress earlier this week, and there's, there's a couple, a, a, a couple points, I, 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 a couple just highlights of this testimony that are worth pointing out. At one point, uh, a Republican congressman, uh, Jordan, accuses Google's uh, head of multicultural marketing of using the company's resources to push Latino voters to the polls in California and Texas, but he couldn't wrap his head around the idea that Google. That, that, that the CEO of Google says Google is neutral by nature. It's a 
Corporations may be people, but it doesn't mean they got an opinion. Um, but employees might have personal opinions, which they're, of course, allowed to follow in their free time. Congressman couldn't wrap his head around that. Um, another one, another Republican congressman couldn't grasp why location tracking might be used by certain apps, but not by others. Uh, but either way, the users need to opt in for the uh, for the for the for the location tracking to work in the first place. Um, interesting stuff that came out of the hearing was: um, Have you heard of a rumored project at Google called Dragonfly? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, take okay. it away. This is an interesting one. Okay, so the Dragonfly project is rumored to be a Chinese state-sensitive search tool or filter. Mm -hmm. So one that will um, censor search results the, in the way that the Chinese government would prefer to see them censored, you know, like Tiananmen Square. It never happened, according to the Chinese the official Chinese policy. Right. Um. I'm pretty sure that uh, Leon Trotsky died of a cold, not of an ice pick to the head, according to uh, official doctrine, stuff like that. Okay, so there was a lot of questions about um, the ethics of Google working with China, especially around this rumored project named Dragonfly. Now it's got to be reading. It's, it's listeners. You got under. This is a rumor. <laughs> okay. There's no, no just because we're talking about it doesn't make it true. It just means that we're reporting on what was being talked about. Dragonfly has not been confirmed by Google or the Chinese government. Um, we will get to uh, Pachai does eventually reveal what Dragonfly is. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now there's a lot. There was a lot of questioning on Google's intentions regarding China. Uh, Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google, didn't want to commit to pledging to not help the Chinese state surveil its citizens. And you know, I, I couldn't help but notice during this, this 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 testimony how important it was that Google not help the Chinese state surveil its citizens, and not one of the congressmen was smiling when they said that. <laughs> like, <laughs> have you heard of the Patriot Act, guys? Um, but it's really important that we don't help China surveil their citizens. Just uh, shh about us okay so there's uh more questions on uh on google about uh uh google and dragonfly and so um it seems dragonfly does exist it's a filter developed to show google what a censored search in china would look like according to uh google ceo google creates several examples of filters for internal study that never actually get released but google needs to study and restudy how its results would be formulated to understand how its algorithms do or might work. That makes sense, right? Yeah, sure. Well, that's because you're a reasonable person. <laughs> <laughs> In a world of reasonable pers people, that explanation makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Google does experiments to see how its algorithms actually work. The, con the, 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 the congressman couldn't accept this. Um, they just kept hammering at Pashai about how he must be helping the Chinese state. The only great, I mean, the one thing that came out of the hearing uh, that was uh, hilarious was seeing the Iowa congressman, Stephen King, you know, the um, severely racist one. Mm -hmm. Stephen King actually endorsed a neo-Nazi who was running for mayor of Toronto. So he endorsed a neo-Nazi running for mayor of the largest city of another country. 
because as, 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 as most people know, Toronto is not in America. But anyway, Stephen King, Republican um, Congress or uh, Republican Senator Stephen King from Iowa, um, wanted to, wanted Peshai to explain why whenever his granddaughter looks at her iPhone, bad ads about Mr. King come up. Um, uh, Peshai had to remind Mr. King that the iPhone was developed by another company. Um, it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but then the best was Hawaiian Congressman uh, uh, Ted Liu, who used logic to correctly suggest if you want positive search results, do positive things. If you want to get negative search results, do negative things. Um, and he, again, uh, singled out Mr. King specifically about racism and, and racist comments that, that Mr. King uh, routinely makes. So it's, you know, if you want negative stuff, do negative, if you want negative search results, do negative stuff. So this is Google. In three and a half hours, the, the CEO of Google is one of the highest paid people in the United States. Mm -hmm. He was grilled for three and a half hours by people in suits who knew less about the internet than my 16-year-old niece does. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just, it's just... Folks, when you vote next time, <laughs> you need to understand that if the person you're voting for doesn't understand the internet, you shouldn't be voting for them. Because the internet is the biggest economic driver around today and well, uh absolutely yeah if yep. you don't get it like get out of the get out of congress go do something else that doesn't rely on making decisions that will impact the lives of millions <laughs> okay so that happened it was horrible just embarrassing yeah yeah it really it, it really was um and you know, it's such like I have to do that because I was watching bits and pieces and of course reading up on it a little bit, and I was just like, oh, you know what? Like if you gave there's there's so many minds in the SEO community now we'd be talking nothing about you know sort of some of the the, the concerns that the government might have, but man, if we could collect together just a handful of SEOs and 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 grill some of the upper echelon at Google, we could get some really interesting stuff. <laughs> like, oh, what a, what a wasted opportunity. We could have so much fun with this and, and get a get a bunch of stuff. Now you have, you know, I mean, we get to chat with uh, John Mueller, you know, on Hangouts all the time. So, yeah, there we go. I guess we do get our opportunities, but uh, yeah, it, it was sort of a wasted opportunity. And it's one of those cases... They, they prepare so much for so many things. Just do some homework. That's that's just my just just do some homework, people. <laughs> like it's not even like this is out of the possibility of things to wrap your head around. Uh, and you know that that great advice. Read the first line of any article or book on reputation management, and and, and it's basically the first. Yeah, do decent stuff, and and then and then and then good things will be what show up. <laughs> like, isn't, that, isn't that like the basic golden rule and the and the general law of karma too? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, it's just absolutely a 
you know, and, and will there be bad things said about pretty much every, sure, sure there will. But just if there's more good stuff than bad stuff and more current good stuff than bad stuff, there you go. But if you keep being an idiot, then, <laughs> you know, there's going to keep being bad stuff. Anyway, um, yeah. I know we've only got a couple minutes and, you know, we've had, I mean, that was the, the big news of, of the week, obviously. Um, I, I know there's some news about Pinterest and an acquisition, but I'm going to save that for after the show. What do you, uh, or for after the break, when we've uh, when we've got Michelle on? Is uh, is, is 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 news of of Google at Congress even bigger than the news that moving hosting companies won't really affect your rankings? <laughs> yeah, so, I love that one. I'm like, well, kind of. Unless you're mind. wrong, right? <laughs> there's a bunch of crap that could happen that like, but it probably shouldn't. <laughs> is what John's trying to say. Yeah. And in, in defense of the article, just based on the core principle, I've never gone, you know what? I'm bored today. I'm going to move hosting companies. Chances well, are I, something's wrong. <laughs> you remember back in the olden days when it would, when it could take up to 72 hours for like global DNS servers to propagate the, the new location of the website? Yeah. So there's a bunch of SEOs, especially SEOs of my generation, of Dave's generation, that will say, if you move hosting companies, you're going to lose position. It's bound to happen. It's just the way the machine works. Not necessarily anymore because um, the DNS servers propagate a, like, a hell of a lot quicker. You can actually, I've, I've seen them do this like in six hours or less. Yeah. So you're not gonna. You're probably not going to be like off Google's radar screen for more than like an hour or two when you change hosts when you change hosting companies now. But back in the day, you might be gone for a couple of days, and that could cause problems. Yeah, and it just pro tip for, for for friends in the audience. I actually just had to deal with a with a with moving a site. Um, we knew this was coming about two weeks in advance. We knew we were going to move the site uh, because we were having some problems. Go into your DNS settings. If you don't know how, find you know or whatnot. Get them to go into your DNS. Time to live uh, to one hour because they're probably set. Just set them to an hour. Give the DNS servers and, and you know DNS the planet you know the time to learn that they need to check every hour um, and it'll speed up that process dramatically that's what we did and inside an hour everything had moved to the to the new site that wouldn't necessarily happen because they don't have to listen to what you're telling them but anyway it seems to work well it did work well so just head in there ahead of time uh, change it from the you know eight hours or day or whatever it's set at now just change it down to an hour your time to live settings and um, yeah, it'll speed up that DNS process if you are switching hosting companies, but it won't cause your ranking declines. Uh, you know, might even cause improvements if you're leaving because your hosting sucks and is super slow, and you're moving it to a good, fast hosting provider. Okay, one more. We got time for one more. Then we have to take a break. Then we're going to be coming back with Michelle. Um, uh, my goodness, what was the one? I, oh yeah. So like um, Another another of John's um, pronouncement, John Mueller's pronouncements this week. I'm, I actually I, I very much agree with this one. Is we don't need to tell you when you got bad links because screw it, we just ignore them. Um, I've known this for 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 is this is this is this has something new happened on the link front that I'm not aware of because I thought this has been the way it's been since like September of last year. Yeah, he's been talking a lot about disavow files. Is I think why this came around. Well, um, why are people talking question. about that? Like, like, why, why are people bringing it up if Google doesn't care? 
Um, I mean, that's that's a really good point. And John's message has been pretty consistent. Now, I, I ended up asking him a follow-up question just yesterday on it and got a bit of a mixed message from him. But I, I get what his point is. People were asking about disavow files. He's basically, his, his answer lately has been, yeah, don't bother. We've got this. Right? Like, spend your time doing something useful. Don't bother creating a disavow file, which is in line with exactly what we're hearing right now. Right? Like, we we understand what bad things are so that's why we're not even putting them out there you don't need to know them you don't need to create disavow files right so we don't need to report them all right fair enough but then i followed up i'd actually just with a client that had come to us a few years back with a manual penalty i just updated their disavow just basically removing the sites that actually no longer existed right they're a bunch of crap sites they no longer existed so i updated it put the disavow file back i decided to just ask him okay here's the scenario what do I do with this, right? Should I pull down the disavow file now or, or should I keep it updated as I've been doing? You know, I mean, not often, like once a year, I'll like go and check which sites are down and, and update the file. Um, his response back was, leave your disavow file, but don't bother updating it. Spend your time doing something useful. I'm like, well, if you've really got this, if you, if, if you really do, why, why, why do I have this disavow file? in place at all Um, there should be no no necessity of it I think what he's trying to get at though is there's no harm in leaving it there so just leave it there just don't update it because you're wasting your time go do something else (laughs) but but then that that brings my little brain to the well okay so you've disavowed these links chances are they're off your link profile they're gone they're not being considered anymore they're 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 blacklisted against your file against the the dossier on, on your domain yeah, but that makes me think. Like one of the advice, one of the pieces of advice Google's been ge- has been giving for the last like year and a half has been be really careful with the disavow files because you're often throwing out good links along with the ones that you you want to disavow that are bad links. Sometimes yeah. you know you're not really qualified to know which is good and which is bad in Google's eyes. Yeah. So under the new Google regime, the the the, the new uh, Penguin regime, where Google just ignores bad stuff which I don't think it really does, but, you know. Um, uh, 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 if you have a disavow file, you are actually running a risk of throwing, you know, good babies out with bad bathwater. Well, and that's why I was asking, because I'm like, you know what, I just had to use my judgment while I've been doing this, and I didn't want to go into a manual review of all of them. I'm like, this got the penalty lifted, but not having been the person that caused the penalty, I didn't know specifically which one's had been built maliciously. I just knew some did. And you have to, as you know, like you've probably dealt with clients with, with manual actions against them. It's like, okay, if it's sitting on the fence, I need to count it as bad because I need to get this penalty gone. Like mission number one <laughs> is to get this penalty lifted. There's nothing more important. Well, so now I've got all these links that, yeah, they're sitting on the fence. I don't know that they were built maliciously or whether they just are, you know, sort of low value sites but I had to block them anyway. And now I'm being told to leave them sort of blocked, even though I don't know whether they were actually built. There's some that you can tell, right? Like there's a, some you can just tell a crap <laughs> and that they were built poorly, but um, you know, there are those fence ones, but when you're dealing with a manual action, you know, and, and, and when we were dealing with them, as you know, right, like it was taking, you know, a while to get them like reviewed and that sort of stuff. So you just go, all right, you know, we're, we're, we're not, we're going in with a shotgun, not a sniper rifle here, right? <laughs> We're going to take this all out anyway. So it is a problem, but I'll, I'll listen to them. The client's ranking fine. So there we go. But I did wish I could pull that, uh, pull that file out. Okay. Um, 
the, 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 I, I want to talk about negative SEO and the very real experience some people are still having with it, but we got to do a break and we're going to be coming back with Michelle Simpson-Ross and in which we will be talking social media and search rather than just search. So mm-hmm. friends, on behalf of Dave Davids from Beast Talking Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You are listening to Web College at webmasterradio.fm on the 13th of December, 2018. Stick around. Great stuff coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate email brasco at wmr.fm you are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the b2b marketplace webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing from seo to affiliate marketing to social media e-commerce mobile marketing and so much more our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air on demand and available on every mobile device that you can imagine this is webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere just getting your feet wet on the internet then dive into our stream webmasterradio.fm we're the coolest place around webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere commercials off now back to webcology only on webmasterradio.fm here are the hosts jim hedger and dave davies Everyone, welcome back to Webmaster to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 13th of December, 2018. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and Dave and I are joined by the one and only Michelle Stinson Ross from Apogee Search down in Austin, Texas. And Michelle, welcome back to Webcology. 
Thank you so much. I'm glad this is radio and not video because I am blushing like nobody's business right now. <laughs> oh, oh, we gotta ask why. Well, for that just exuberant introduction. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Now I've got something I have to live oh. up to. Oh come on! You're out, you are out <laughs> there. You are out there on the lecture circuit. You're delivering um, uh, uh, the, 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 the workshops that, that tend to bookend the major conferences, like the, at the beginning or the end of the major conferences. Um, you are probably um, arguably counted in, the, uh, in, the, in the, the top 100 of social media experts in the freaking United States right now. You ain't got nothing to blush about, girl. <laughs> I want to see that list, Jim. Where's the link? <laughs> oh well, uh, Google. Uh, we disavowed that link in the last segment. So sorry. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, so down. it's been. It has been a uh, an exciting, expansive, and uh, actually pretty cool year for you. Um, I've uh, I've seen your name come up in association with almost every major search or social conference um, that's been happening. Um, how you doing? I'm doing really well. I think I finally found my home with Apogee Results. And yeah, I, I kind of like it. I, I at least live in Austin, the bastion of sanity in the middle of Texas. But it's good. It's really good. Apogee is a good old crew. I've been around for since, what, 2000, I think? 2001? Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, somewhere around that. Yeah, Apogee um, ha has uh, been on the uh, again. Apogee is again one of one of the the the, the, the old time um, William Leake, correct? Yes, William Leake is our CEO and my sometimes partner in crime. Shh, you didn't hear that. Nope. <laughs> Bill is a fun guy. Um, done done more late nights after conferences with that man than many other people in the industry. So, Bill's a fun guy. <laughs> um, so, uh, it's been a, uh, a topsy-turvy year, I'd say, in the world of, uh, of social, and I, I think that's, that's a polite way to phrase it. To um, say the least. Who's been the winners and losers of 2018? Um, honestly, I, I'd almost have to say in both categories, maybe the users of all of these products. And, and I'll say it this way. So as far as winners, to get Facebook and Twitter and all of these companies, first of all, to appear before Congress and try and explain things, not necessarily successfully, but at least they did make the effort to try and recognize that, yes, we've got privacy concerns. We've got data concerns. These are things that you guys legitimately should be concerned about. We're concerned about them too. We're going to try and make an effort. In that case, yeah, I, I would say that the users are definitely the winners here that um, these channels and these networks are actually going, oh, okay, you guys are going to stick around with this. We're sticking around. Let's actually do some good things together for a change. Um in the case of the users being the losers, it's like, yeah, we're still the product. We're still giving away tons of information about ourselves and not really knowing what is it y'all are doing with that stuff. Um, so it, it's a double-edged sword, but at the end of the day, I think that by and large, 
people who actively use it, use it to find recommendations, use it to connect with friends and family flung all over the place, any number of things. I I think that the users are going to wind up having a better experience overall. Okay. Of the... um... There was a lot of changes to social media, some of it stemming from uh, uh, their pra- from social media uh, platforms, practices being exposed publicly. Some of it made just, you know, pure business decisions. Mm-hmm. Of, of the changes in that you saw with social media platforms in 2018, did, um, did any platform come out as a more powerful marketing platform for, for you as a, as a marketer? Honestly, I, despite changes and especially people's concerns about um, Facebook, Facebook still for me is definitely the most powerful option. It's the most cost effective option. And despite the fact that one of the big changes at Facebook was how much of the third party data we now no longer have access natively in the Facebook advertising platform, it's still the best personal targeting engine out there. Twitter can't touch it. LinkedIn can't touch it. Um, Pinterest can't touch it. Frankly, um, I can't even get as good a targeting in, say, YouTube as I can in Facebook because there's still a lot of behavioral information. Okay, I might not be able to target people now based on... um, third-party credit card data that demonstrates some sort of intent to buy a car or buy a house or some of those things, which, yeah, if I'm selling those things, that was really valuable to have my hands on. But at the same time, there are different ways to describe that same group of people and target those ads to. And I will also add here that one of the things that I find absolutely fascinating is because of that targeting, we as users only see stuff that we're actually interested in. I compare the Facebook advertising experience in the newsfeed to say broadcast television. Oh my goodness, I can't tell you how many times I see ads for um, great big trucks, lots and lots of pharmaceuticals and baby things. My youngest kid is 17, my oldest is 21. Please don't show me any more diaper ads. I really, I'm not going to buy those. Just no, Although I'm the, not. the pharmaceuticals are quite helpful now. Um, you know what? I don't actually fall into any of the targeting for any of the pharmaceuticals that I typically see when I'm, say, watching the morning news because I happen to like watching the morning news to start my day and be informed. But I go to Facebook and... There isn't anything in my newsfeed that I'm not at least mildly interested in, that it does relate to me in some way, shape, or form. And honestly, the marketers that are using this data are getting better at not being creepy about it. So, yay, win-win as a user. That, I mean, you know, I was going to ask questions, and I'm going to end it with the question I actually wanted to ask. But I got to agree with you, and and you you have a, a unique opportunity on Facebook too sort of make me enjoy being advertised to, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to hear you, you know, you've got product lines, you understand a lot about me. Um, I know one, uh, I think it was Aaron Wall had done some advertising and actually catered, just it was the same ad, but just catered the characters in the ad, right? Mine had Homer Simpson on it because I have Simpsons in my thing, right? But And not just, it was, you know, just mild catering. So totally agree. You have unique opportunities to, to 
connect with people. So I, I think that's fantastic. And speaking of wanting to connect with people with advertising, just a couple of days ago, Facebook started testing ads in their search results, like one of the last untouched regions, um, you know, sort of, of of their their ecosystem as far as advertising goes. What do you think for for is this going to be a great annoyance? Like I know my my kids have already pretty all but bailed on Facebook, right? Because they're annoyed with with the advertising and, and personalization issues and just the the, the privacy concerns. Um, do you think there are they going too far with it, or will this be an an opportunity for us as marketers to jump on, or are we potentially going to see a shrinking market um, through twenty nineteen? Um. There's actually a lot there to unpack. So (laughs) first of all, I would say that that's probably something that they're just testing. Uh, Obviously, there's only so much stuff you can run in the news feed before it becomes nothing but advertising. And obviously, Zuckerberg has stated that the company is committed to making sure that your news feed is full of the things that you actually care about, your friends, your family, those, those human connections. So they can't run too much advertising there. But for those of you that don't do Facebook ads like I do on a daily basis, what you need to understand is along with the newsfeed, we still have the right rail. We now have advertising in Facebook Messenger. We have it in instant articles. We have it in the Facebook um, audience network, which pushes ads out to um, mobile apps built on the Facebook framework. We also have ads available in Instagram. We have them now available in Facebook and Instagram stories. Yeah, I could keep going. I, it takes, I need a breath to actually list all of the ad inventory. We also have pre-roll and, and mid-roll video ads now available. So for the most part, I think that this is something that Facebook is testing to go, okay, where else can we place ad inventory. I will say, interestingly enough, because like I said, I do run ads in all of these placements. There are certain of those placements that work really, really well. And there are others that's like, eh, no, not so much. Um, For instance, I hardly, even when I let it go ahead and run in right rail, I hardly ever see any um, impressions and certainly not any click through anymore in right rail. Um, so there's, it's something that you as an advertiser should test. Uh, great. Thanks for giving us yet a, another opportunity, but you know what, depending on what you're selling and how you're selling it, eh, 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 that one particular placement may not be such a big deal. Okay. I, I, I know Jim is dying to ask a question, but I just, you mentioned the right rail and I just want a quick opinion. I'm on something. Now you mentioned, you know, it's it, it's sort of losing a losing a little bit. Do you think the removal of the right hand ads from Google impacted Facebook's right rail ads? Right? Like not, the, at the, not at all. Okay, I was just like, I like, yeah. you know, people look to there. Are they now not looking to there, or, or did they? I know they're a completely different thing. Jim, I know you're chomping at the bit. I had to get well, that question in, and it was on point. Right. Oh, absolutely, man. Like, yeah, for sure. Like, you, you, the, the, the halfway through the answer, you get this great follow-up that you just need yeah. to get in there. I yeah. totally get it. <laughs> um, Michelle, you run hundreds of uh, Facebook ads in a month. Um, and then, like you said, it, it's highly unlikely that, um, that 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 many of our listeners have um, that that immersive, that that in depth experience. Um, 
if you can be really like just as succinct as you can about it, what are like uh, three golden tips that like a new Facebook advertiser needs to keep in mind before, um, you know, getting in too deep or going in the wrong direction? Actually, it has to do with the three elements of advertising. So whether you're doing it on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or any of the other advertising options out there for paid placements in digital media, you need to make sure that these next three things that I'm about to say, listen very carefully, (laughs) that these three things all work together. And that is number one, your content. What is it you're going to point that ad to? Is that a blog article? Is that a landing page? Is that a product page? uh, That's what I consider content that asset that you're going to point that ad toward. How does that match with the audience that you're going to send there? And then how does the creative that you package it with, so if that is a search ad, what copy resonates with the audience that you're targeting and matches up with the content that you're sending them to? If that is a social media ad, how does that video or that image plus the copy at the top, the title and the description, as well as your call to action. There's lots of lovely bits and pieces to creative in in social media advertising. I love that stuff. But my point being, how does your creative, your target audience and your content all align? It doesn't matter what channel you're doing your advertising in, if those don't line up properly, you're not going to be successful. Okay. Now, a number of our listeners will, will come to uh, paid advertising on Facebook, on, on Pinterest, Twitter, or, or in Google from, um, say, the affiliate marketing world or the organic world for, of, of search engine optimization or from some other sector of the digital marketing, uh, digital marketing sphere. Mm-hmm. With social media marketing, now, no, no, no. Back in the day with affiliate marketing, and trust me, we experimented like the hell out of this. There is no way you could make your call to action too gaudy or too tacky or or too small. <laughs> the big red button could take up the entire screen width, and it wouldn't be big enough. You know, does do those kind of rules apply in social media advertising, or are users do users have slightly different tastes? I would say that users have slightly different tastes and a lot of it has to do with you need to understand what mindset is that target audience in when they are exposed to your advertising. So number one, we're talking about social media marketing. It's mobile first and foremost. Whatever it is you're doing, it had better be mobile friendly because that's where the traffic's going to come from. Number two, this is passive. In other words, unlike search advertising, they're not necessarily looking for that bit of information right then and there. This is based on the fact that they're interested in things related to what it is I do. Okay. So it might be an immediate purchase. It might just be you might just no. be nudging, nudging their interest or something. Right. This this is more I want you to know me, like me, and trust me so that when I retarget you later, you're gonna buy from me. Okay. And really, retargeting here is key because this is passive. I'm having to nurture this relationship a little bit. I need to be able to 
use micro conversions and other steps along the process to get them to the point where they're ready to buy. So yeah, I'm going to need to retarget them. I'm going to need to retarget them based on how they view my videos in Facebook. I need to retarget them based on what blog articles they visited. I need to be able to set up my product feed to retarget based on what products have you already purchased and, oh, these are related to it. So there's a lot of layering that happens in social advertising that may or may not necessarily happen in other spheres because the mindset is different. Okay, I'd like to talk to you about the various steps and stages of, uh, I guess, stages of persuasion, we could call it. Um, we've got to take a break first. We've got to make a couple micro-conversions of our own here on uh, <laughs> Webmaster Radio with some of those commercials. So listeners, listen closely, because um, you know, we want to make micro-conversions, um, or ma- major conversions, actually, like with, with, with our advertisers, because they love us for it. On behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. We are joined by Michelle Simpson-Ross from Apogee Results. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm on the 13th of December 2018. Stick around. We're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Don't get caught in a web of confusion. Learn the ropes on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 13th of December, 2018. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media and Dave Davies from Beatstalk Internet Marketing. We're joined today by Michelle Simpson-Ross from Apogee Results. Michelle, just before we went to break, you were talking sort of about the, um, I guess, the, the user conversion cycle in social. And um, as, you, as you reminded us, it's um, not a straight purchase like this is the... Um, in organic search or even in, in, in PPC search, um, the user is looking for a blue widget. They type in, I want a blue widget. Boom, they get uh, information on a blue widget. They go buy it. But in social, you're advertising. You're persuading them. And you talked about micro-conversions. And that, 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 um, that phrase was more than just a joke phrase for me. I actually I find it quite interesting. Um, 
what stats do you use to 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 track a person's journey through um through microconversions towards actually purchasing the product? Interesting that you asked that. Um, a lot of it has to do with okay, what is my expectation for each of the ads that I place? So you mentioned somebody going to search and saying, "I'm looking for Blue Widget." How did they know to type in Blue Widget? What what got them to the point that they even knew Blue Widgets existed and and are ready to search for? I'm ready to buy that thing, right? Because it's social we have the opportunity to teach people who we know based on their interest, based on their behavior, would eventually be interested in our blue widget to start typing blue widget into search, whether we do that with videos featuring long-tailed terms that mention, you know, our super special, absolutely awesome blue widget, or whether we're making sure that the articles that we lead them to teach them more about what is a blue widget, why is it I need this blue widget rather than this red widget, and why is it I need a widget instead of a sprocket, and all those sorts of things. (laughs) The point is that because it's social, guess what? How do we learn language as human beings? We learn language in social situations. We can train people who are way up high in the um, customer journey where maybe they aren't even aware that we're out there yet, but we can begin to train them in the lexicon of our own business where when they do go to search, even if they land on a page from organic, the types of phrases they're using tell us that, oh yeah, they, they had to have seen something in social. You don't type that phrase unless you've seen it somewhere. Okay, so you can attribute, um, you, you can find ways to attribute an assist to one medium over another medium. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and that's how users perceive brands. So your brand is your brand is your brand, regardless of, of what channel you're in. So the sooner that we realize that cross-channel and cross-device are actually just kind of removing a layer of technical drive me crazy trying to chase this down information and realize I'm trying to reach a human being on the other end of that screen. Um, Those sorts of things start to kind of work themselves out. Now it is intuitive uh, for me as a marketer that I'm going to do cross channel, that I'm going to do cross device because I don't care what device you're using. I don't care what channel you're communicating in. Are we as a business entity communicating with the human being over there? It does make how we collect data and use our creative and our content and all that kind of stuff really makes it very interesting. And that's why I say that social media has now matured, honestly, to the same degree that SEO did several years ago. Well, in SEO, um, there's a part of the maturing uh, uh, cycle has been where do we put SEOs on the corporate flowchart, on the org chart? Are they in marketing? Or are they over there in IT? Where, 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 where should the SEO participate? And, 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 and SEO has been around as long as search engines have, about 20, 20, 25 years now. And I got to tell you, we're still not quite sure where on the org chart we ought to, we ought to be placed. How about in social? Where is the most comfortable, comfortable and wisest place to put the social team on the organization chart? If hmm. it's communication, it's marketing. It's that simple. 
if I'm communicating in some way, shape, or form, whether that's in search or on page or in social, if we're communicating with another human being, we're marketing. Okay. Um, yeah, again, for SEOs, I, I, don't, I don't want to leave SEOs thinking that you should be in one place or the other and there's a wrong place to be, but it, it depends on the type of SEO that's getting practiced. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of content-focused content SEO or technical-focused SEO. Um, is there technical social media marketing? Yeah, I would suppose there is a slight technical aspect to it. So that takes us into the realm of like open graph markup. Do you have the correct code installed on the site so that when somebody shares a link, it actually shares the correct image, the correct title, the correct description that has to do with markup. And so that kind of aligns with like schema markup and title tags and and certain technical SEO aspects that are on the code end. I know we've only got a, got a few minutes left here, so I can actually take us on a, on a slightly different different angle because I know there's a question we had to get done because um, we've talked some strategy. Obviously, that's important, um, but we've got you on. You've been you've been doing it. You know, you're one of as Jim Jim calls it, like one of the one of the leaders in, in social media. So, what are we going to see? What new thing are we going to see in 2019? And and are there specific um, markets uh, and maybe even demographics that might be being underserved that'll be better served at that point? Or are there going to be new things that we'll get to take advantage of in 2019 that maybe we haven't really been able to in 2018? Mm, good question. I think some of the things that jump to my mind really quickly are like better use of chatbots and better integration with that kind of thing. And that does actually serve a younger demographic because yeah, there's there's a certain degree where younger users don't like picking up the phone. It seems to trigger social anxiety, and they like working with bots and and chat text type things a lot better. So I would look to like Facebook Messenger actually getting a lot more sophisticated and a lot more interesting. Um, what else? What else? What else? Video possibly a little bit more AR type experiences. So I'm seeing a lot more from Facebook as far as like content created in their virtual reality space. I, that might continue to roll out. I see more video happening, say in Pinterest and a few other places. So it's interesting to see where that may go. Obviously anything that kind of removes the mediation of communication between human beings, I think is still going to be the thing. So we see Facebook launching this holiday season, their um, standalone devices. Those sorts of those sorts of things are going to continue to be more interesting. How do I get myself as a brand possibly engaged in those types of conversations? Now, I know I'm about to get the hook music, but, or you will, because you're, you're the one that has to answer. Um, we, we keep talking about voice search. Are we going to be talking about voice social? Uh, odds are that we are. I mean, we're, we're looking at, at Facebook uh, releasing their Aloha system in tandem with the devices that they've already. Yeah, I think so. I think at some point that Facebook's going to gain a personality and we're going to talk to the network itself very much the same way that we talk to our fellow human beings. I think that that is, yeah. Is that going to happen in 2019? (laughs) Not sure. But I think that that is absolutely Facebook's intent. 
Oh my goodness, given how much Facebook knows about our everyday actions and who we really are as people, I wonder how the voice of Facebook will be, will be back at us. Will it be friendly or disdainful? <laughs> Seriously. No, D- no, Dave, I can't let you do that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Probably Actually, for the Dave, best. I just watched you do that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I think it, it does, does begin to, to step in the direction of how a little bit. <laughs> It is a truly interesting, brave new world. And we're going to have to do it. That's it. We've gone full circle, full circuit, full hour here on Webcology. Uh, Michelle, thank you so much for dropping in, eh? Thank you so much for having me. Friends, that was the second last Webcology of 2018. We have one more episode coming up on the 20th of December. Um... I can't believe we've gone around the sun one more time almost. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. Friends, many of you are about to go on break. Be careful. Be smart. Don't drink and drive. Don't smoke and fly. Uh, don't do anything stupid. Or at least don't do anything I might. Um, <laughs> we will talk to you next week. Have a good week. Stick around webmasterradio.fm. More great content coming up after the news. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.